Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Something Borrowed podcast. I'm your host, Betsy. And I'm your other host, Amanda. And today we're discussing Amanda's planning for her wedding. So let's dive in, shall we? Um, If you were not with us for episode one, we kind of gave the background of this podcast and walked through all of the planning for my wedding. Um, And Amanda made a really good point at the beginning of that episode where she talked about how our personality types really influence the way we approach planning. So let's just do a quick refresher um, for you. Do you want to talk about your Enneagram number and kind of how that, what that means for you? Yeah, so I'm an Enneagram 9 with an 8 wing. Um, Basically, like, my focus is on making sure that everyone gets along and that there's very little stress and lots of peace. And I controversially like to say that it also means I'm lazy, which is not (laughs) really a part of an Enneagram 9 personality type, but for me it is. Um, So, yeah, that kind of sums it up. It's not like a big, necessarily bold personality type. Um, But yeah, loud and proud nine. Awesome. All right. So let's go back to the very beginning. Um, So talk about where you were in your wedding planning pre-engagement. Last episode, we kind of talked about some people have kind of the vision for their day from the time they're little. Some people kind of know right when they get engaged. Some people are kind of like, this is where it all begins for me. So where were you on that spectrum? Yeah, so I was on the spectrum of like, I don't know that I believe in the institution of marriage hmm. prior to my engagement. You had a long hill to climb. <laughs> so we'll deal with that on our psychology podcast someday. <laughs> but I definitely did not have my wedding planned. However... I would say that um, the thing that I love about event planning in general, it comes from my background. I studied theater in college and did a lot of theater in, in high school. And I feel like events are like living theater. Like you get to build a set and step into it and you get to tell the story that you want to tell with the day. So All that to say, I'm not necessarily saying I was like a low maintenance, no, (laughs) I don't (laughs) care what happens kind of bride, but um, it it didn't stem from a place of having planned my wedding, but a place of knowing like what my aesthetic choice, what I like aesthetically. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about your engagement. So you kind of just mentioned you really had a lot of feelings to overcome, I guess, about (laughs) just getting married in general. But what was the actual engagement like for you? So our engagement was pretty simple. We got engaged on, oh gosh, June (laughs) 16th. And I guess it would have been 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, we had been together almost five years at that point. And that was actually, more importantly, the first day I listened to the Hamilton soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is the thing. To st- so the note. whole time that Zach was trying to set up this, like, sweet moment, I was just like, and then there's this woman, and it's crazy, and he doesn't know how to say no to this. And, like, I, I totally missed the moment, to be perfectly honest. But he proposed next to his grandmother's like little tree that we actually had our first kiss climbing that tree years before and then your dad and your dog like ran (laughs) almost into the proposal so that was kind of fun and special but um yeah it wasn't like a big deal but then we planned a wedding that was over a year and a half later all right so In contrast, like at the end of last episode, we kind of talked about how our weddings and planning processes were like night and day. (laughs) Me being the eight-month engagement, you taking longer period of time to plan. Do you feel like that period of time was intentional or was it just kind of how the pieces fell? Did you want a long engagement? I did. I wanted a long engagement because we had – been in a long relationship at that point. Like I said, it was coming up on our five-year anniversary, Mm -hmm. and I felt like we got to enjoy, and we started dating when we were 17, and we Mm -hmm. really got to enjoy, like, every stage of a relationship, and I felt like an engagement was a really special stage Mm -hmm. all on its own, but a lot of times people are going 
right into the wedding. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to like really get to sit in that space. And so, yeah, we, we purposely chose to have a long engagement and also worked out that way because I was in law school at the time. Um, and so we actually were originally planning for it would have been two years later for an Mm -hmm. August wedding. Mm -hmm. We ended up moving it up by six months to January because um, I had to take the bar in that July of 2018, and I just felt like it's going to be too much. Um, So we got married in January between my fall and spring semester of my third year of law school. Great. So um – Thinking about that timeline, you had a little bit longer um, time to plan, but what did you do next? Like, what was your first step after there was a ring on your finger? So the first step was accepting. (laughs) (laughs) Accepting your fate. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so really it was, I don't think we did anything until I want to say around October. So it Mm -hmm. was like, it was almost three or four months of just like, wow, we're engaged. Yeah. Um, and we didn't really do much of anything. And sort of thinking through the timeline and how it would work at that point. And like I said, we we picked for August. Um, so when we started in October actually planning, we went for a venue first. Mm-hmm. Um, and ironically, we were thinking about it like an outdoor, like mm-hmm. summer wedding. Mm-hmm. And so – some of our choices kind of like it could have gone in a totally different direction um, because I think we looked at you. I know you said you looked at two venues. I think we looked at 10 venues, maybe more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like it was a lot and we live in Eastern PA and we were driving Basically two hours in any direction. Well, and you weren't living in Eastern PA at that point, right? That's right. Both of our families are from Reading, Pennsylvania. But at that time, Zach was living in Nashville, about to get on a six-month cruise ship gig. <laughs> and I was living in Ithaca, New York, going to school. And so we were we were, plan- we were planning from all over the place. And mm-hmm. I also should mention that Zach despite the distance, was a very involved groom in the planning process, which was great. And, like, I loved that. Um, But it it was definitely complicated when it came to him being on a cruise ship for six months in the middle of it. Yeah. So what were your priorities? Um, Did you prioritize venue? Did you prioritize, like, how many people you needed to accommodate? Your dress, your photography? Like, what was your vendor priority? So – I would say priority was, like, anything aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, like, definitely, like, florals, decor, things like that, I knew I wanted to put my energy and money into. Mm-hmm. And obviously, venue is a big, big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started with the venue, but, um, like... I also personally, we kind of had a little bit of disagreement on what the size of the wedding should Mm, be mm -hmm. like. And so that was a conversation that had to come into play early when we were looking at venues and having, you know, two families with two completely different ideas of what what the size should be. Yeah. Well, okay. So I think we should pause and talk about that aesthetic. You keep mentioning that. And (laughs) I think that this was like a big, I remember very distinctly while you guys were looking at venues, hearing about different venue visits and then being like, and Amanda wants to go see this graveyard to get married. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so talk about just the aesthetic that you – the vision for what your wedding would look That's like. That's exactly the vision. Like the vision was like <laughs> – A graveyard. There was a literal graveyard in <laughs> Philly. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it's – I mean, it's stunning. It's like this really old graveyard that you can actually get married in. And we did not go with that venue because – there were complications when it came to, like, food and things. Like, it, there was a really old house that was neat on the property, but it didn't have, like, water and, like, things for food and bathrooms. So you'd have to bring all that in, and it just came to a point where it was, like, um, there's another place that gives a similar vibe without a venue, without a graveyard, <laughs> but it's a similar kind of moody aesthetic um, that – 
is like a fully functioning venue. Yeah. So that's kind of how we ended up at our venue, which um, is a place called Excelsior in downtown Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So it's so funny. You you had like we both got married in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. You had the barn like country mm-hmm. kind yeah. of vibe, and we were like dead center city. Yeah. In old renovated old buildings downtown with like catacombs in the basement yeah Yeah. exactly um so you're right that like the graveyard thing the cemetery (laughs) you keep saying graveyard but cemetery (laughs) is a better word like the the vibe that I wanted to go for was gothic romantic Mm -hmm. which I was thinking a lot about this in preparation for this conversation too and really again that stems towards my um, time studying theater in college sure. because it's a li- it's a literal period in art history and and my husband also um, he studied music in college and mm-hmm. so we were both studying like that same stuff in art history and um, it it involved like just a lot of like very dark colors and moody and. Part of what I also was thinking a lot about was, like, Beauty and the Beast because we are huge Disney people, and mm-hmm. I didn't want a Disney-themed wedding, but I wanted something that had that kind of dark Beast's castle kind of vibe. Yeah. So I knew that before I found the actual venue, but the venue lended itself really well with that stone catacombs yeah. and sort of, like, beautiful old architecture, but kind of not perfectly finished. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we didn't go with the cemetery, but we did go with with the <laughs> place with the Capcom. Yeah. Well, and I think you captured that gothic, romantic kind of aesthetic very well. So with the venue, were there other things that kind of led your search? Was it how many – I know you said you had some dispute over how many people, but how many people or the price, date? Did you have problems with date since you were looking so far out or were you kind of running into availability issues? Again, this like this is all flooding back because yeah. we were planning an August wedding, right? And so our second choice place, um, I was really focused on wanting to have uncovered outdoor tables mm-hmm. for reception. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I didn't want a tent. I'm not a tent person, although I've been in beautiful tent weddings. I didn't have the vision for it at that time, and there was one place that had that. Um, and so, like, that was something that was driving the search that inevitably mm-hmm. wouldn't come into play at all. Yeah. Because the venue we chose was all indoor. Actually, there were outdoor spaces, but we didn't end up <laughs> using them because we moved the wedding to January. So some of that stuff just – I was focused on it, but it just yeah. didn't end up mattering. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty much just the aesthetic, like, that led that led the choice there. And – um on the size thing, like, I knew we couldn't get lower than 100 just with the size of my husband's, like, Italian family. Like, yeah. 50 people for his half was going to be just family. Right. And so um, I said, like, this is really the number I want to be at, knowing that, like, any lower wouldn't be an option for them. And so we, we did kind of, like, get comfortable before we – booked the venue because it did come into play when we chose this particular venue that we chose because it was on the pricier end I think of places that we'd been looking because they priced per person but everything is included like linens are included chairs like all kinds of stuff so and the food so it wasn't like it was eight thousand dollars to book the place and then we booked everything else it was like based on the number of people then you know, it's going to be X amount per person. And so we're looking at this price if it's 100 people. And if you want it to be 150, we're looking at a totally different price range. Um, And so I think we settled in it being comfortable with the pricing and the number of people at 100. Plus the venue wouldn't let us have less than 100 people for that reason because they priced based on person. It wouldn't have been necessarily worth their while for like a really small wedding. Gotcha. Um, okay, so talk about your dress. So how did choosing a dress go? We talked about how <laughs> mine was a very simple process and yours was not. So Yeah, well, like all things, 
that I do, apparently. <laughs> it was complicated because I think there were a couple of factors. One, I just, like, had a vision in my head of what I wanted once we got engaged and we started thinking about it. And I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, and two, I don't like want to be looked at like that wasn't something I was looking forward to about Mm -hmm. the wedding so I wanted to feel beautiful and I wanted Zach to like it but I just felt uncomfortable at the thought of like I don't know this big thing that everyone was going to be looking at me so um it was like a it was a little bit more of a difficult process and the thing that I was focused on (laughs) that didn't that I couldn't find was I did not want blush. I wanted like a gray blue mm-hmm. color dress. And it was all, you know, this is one of those things that's like it's all over Pinterest right. at the time. But to actually find it in like a regular bridal store in, yeah. you know, regular town in America, it's mm-hmm. not that easy. Um, and so I ended up, in reality, I think I only went to maybe three different bridal salons over two different days maybe. Um, and I ended up going back to one that I had found on the first day at a small bridal shop in our hometown. Um, and what they could do for me was take a piece of tool that was like blue-gray from another dress by the same you know, company mm-hmm. and add it to my dress. And so the top of the dress did have like a more of a blush color. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom had some white tool and they added in some of this blue gray tool. So it was really subtle. Like it, if you would look at it, you wouldn't necessarily be thinking like, oh, it's it's gray or it's yeah blue. But it was there and it was like hard fought to make that happen. And so it was custom because of that reason it wasn't the way the dress was originally designed so it took months to get that dress in um and also it was one where like I didn't love it but then the the bridal shop owner had these like perfect little straps to add and when all those pieces came together then I I was like okay this is the right dress for this style that we're going for yeah yeah and I think it did fit your day really well yeah, and it's also one like I didn't I didn't picture myself in something as large as what it ended yeah. up being. And it wasn't large. <laughs> but I picture myself in something much more fitted than what I ended up with. Yeah. And now I'm thinking about it. Like our dresses were had some similarities yeah. in the, just the shape and things like that. Um so just interesting that <laughs> not probably what either of us thought yeah. we'd end up in. Um so talk about your bridal party. Like you had a little bit of a larger bridal party. Um, yeah, so it's actually really interesting that you – I was thinking about this when we talked about your wedding. You had a larger wedding but a much smaller bridal party, yeah. and I had a larger bridal party but a much smaller wedding. Um, so for us, we kind of threw the sort of sides and like having to have the – gendered pairs kind of out the window because of just the people that we wanted it just didn't like have to be that way and also like you talked about before we have sort of like a weirdly blended family and so like um my brothers I knew immediately they were going to be my men of honor because I'm not a girl's girl necessarily and like they're just like they're my best friends so Um, Much to their dismay, (laughs) I made them my men of honor. But my husband also is really close with both of them. So it was like, well, those would have been two of my people, but you're taking (laughs) them. And I was like, all right, we're just – it doesn't matter about matching the pairs. Like just whoever you want, whoever I want, let's just have them. And so it ended up being, I think, I want to say seven girls and five guys. So there were – I had four of my cousins, um, and I actually asked a fifth one, but she had a baby like a week and a half before the wedding, so mm-hmm. she wasn't sure she'd be able to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
you and mm-hmm. my other sister-in-law, Chelsea, mm-hmm. and my uh, college roommate, Kaya. And then I had, we had my brothers. Zach's brother was his best man. Your brother <laughs> slash Zach's, Zach's cousin. cousin. Yeah. And one of Zach's close friends. So it didn't like pair up exactly, you know, traditionally, but it was that, that was who we wanted. And so we just went for it. And yeah. we also had one niece at the time that was the only niece or nephew we had. So she was our flower girl and we didn't feel pressured to like include a ring bearer just to include one. Right. Yeah. I think one of the themes of your wedding was like, you were not, you did not feel bound to tra- to tradition at all. Like you really were fine with you know, not having those even pairings and things like that. And it was fine. Like, I think sometimes brides stress about, well, who's going to walk down the the aisle together? And we need to make it even for photos and things like that. And I don't think that any of that really ended up mattering a lot. And I even had a friend who told me once that when she got married, she wanted to have an even number Mm. of pairings so that the couple would fall in the middle, yeah. like as the odd number. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, like I had that stuff in my head, and like I'd heard different stuff like sure. that, and it was just like, it just doesn't work for what yeah. we're going for. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay, so dressing your bridal party was that as stressful as dressing yourself? <laughs> I feel like, first of all. Dressing the groom was stressful (laughs) (laughs) because he had opinions. Yeah. And we didn't necessarily see 100% eye to eye, but I'm like, I know what I'm wearing and you don't. Right. So, like, you need to trust me that some of what you're suggesting isn't going to go. Gotcha. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, like, also he wanted to, like, feel good and look good and, you know, not just, like, throw on – a generic black rented suit and so we did get him like a dark gray suit and then he like bought like um he actually bought like the uh the vest mm-hmm. from a place at um I think called suit supply that was like a specific shade to kind of just like give some contrast to what he was wearing and not just be like very plain or or like matchy matchy or mm-hmm. with like the bridesmaids or whatever Mm -hmm. so that took us some time yeah (laughs) and the groomsmen we did end up just going with like a rental suit place kind of what they had Mm -hmm. um and then for the bridesmaids I remember we had like a nice day going um dress shopping at the same place I brought my Mm -hmm. dress like we had like lunch together and it was really like a nice time and we Surprisingly, we were able to get like most everyone together mm-hmm. or at least on the you know phone that day to pick them out. And it's one of those things where like I had a vision actually different in my head. Like I feel like that's going to be every like every time I'm going to say that for every <laughs> question. But in my head, I actually wanted floral print, like a dark floral print Ooh, dress. That would have been pretty. Um, <laughs> but... Again, when you start actually looking for that stuff in, like, a regular bridal shop around here, you know, where we live, not, like, in New York City or wherever, like, it's not Not that easy, Mm -hmm. especially that will accommodate everyone. Um, And when you have that many people, that can be, like, pattern overload. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up just canning the idea and just saying, like, let's just – pick some shades that are in this overall darker purpley kind of palette that we were leaning towards at that point and just let everyone pick a dress, you know, from the same mm-hmm. designer, so they're the same colors, whatever. And so that's what we ended up doing. And I don't think I was, like, overly particular about mm-hmm. from that parameter, like, what people would choose. And people chose very different stuff. And I do remember thinking some of them, like, huh, like, I wouldn't have picked that, but everyone looked great. Um, And, yeah, so there is still a part of me that, like, has pictures on my Pinterest of, like, people in these floral, dark floral prints. I'm like, ugh, wish we would have done it, but it's just not practical. Yeah, I think that's so true, too. Like, with both dresses, 
finding those like really unique and things you do find on like the Pinterest board or whatever, Instagram, can be really hard. Like it's not yeah. as common or as affordable because right. it's so unique. So. Right. Well, it's like, yeah, you can find like a blue gray wedding dress, but it's going to cost you like way three more times than more. What I spent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, Okay, so let's talk about photography. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what, yeah, where, what do you think and how would you decide? So (laughs) Betsy, Mountain Gap Photography, did photograph my wedding. Mm -hmm. um, And this was like a really fun experience, I think, because at first, like we knew first and foremost that we wanted you to be in the wedding. Mm -hmm. And so... I don't think you had ever shot a wedding you were in before. No, that's the only one I've okay. ever done. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was, like, just assuming that wasn't really an option. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of started looking at other photographers. But to be perfectly honest, like, it wasn't something that – I don't know. I just didn't envision myself looking at photos a lot. And I actually have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I was, like – I don't know, like, is this really worth it? We actually talked about, like, not even doing any photography because we wanted to just, like, let the whole moment, like, live Mm -hmm. and breathe. And I feel like sometimes you get into feeling like I'm being photographed and, like, I don't know, I have to, like, not, like, look goofy or whatever. Um, And so we kind of talked about that. We thought about it. And then we decided, like, well, we aren't going to do videography because it's just not for us. We just want this thing to be in our memory, and mm-hmm. it'll we'll remember it better than how it'll look on video. Probably <laughs> we'll remember how we looked better than how we, you know, actually would look on video. And so, when we started looking at photographers, then there was like a couple people I talked to, but either people weren't available, or it wasn't really in our price range, or I just didn't reach out to people because I wasn't comfortable. And then in the end, I don't even remember how we even decided that maybe it would be an option. But we were like, you know, like we would probably be most comfortable with Betsy doing the photos. Because like I said before, I was already uncomfortable with the idea of everyone looking at me. And then having my photos taken by someone who's going to be like, hey, do this, do that, that I don't know. It just didn't feel right. And we liked your work. And so – I don't remember how that conversation even went down, but, like, as soon as we found out it was an option, it was like, okay, that's the best choice. And maybe you could weigh on on, like, how that worked Worked, for you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember how it went down either. Like, I don't remember even having the conversation. Um, And I I don't even know if I knew you looked at other photographers at all, but it doesn't really matter. Um, But, yeah, so basically what we ended up deciding to do was um, I – at that point, AJ had been second shooting a lot of weddings with me, but he was kind of, like, starting to phase out. Um, I wasn't pregnant yet with Lincoln, but I – like, we were kind of in the we're not trying not, like, preventing phase. So I ended up getting pregnant, like, two months later. So I kind of think we were kind of – in the phase of like he's not going to be in this business with me long term because when mm-hmm. we start having kids he'll be home with them when I have weddings and weddings are just really long days so anyway my friend Kristen had started second shooting when he wasn't available so we decided to bring her along um, so that she could photograph everything that I couldn't like that I needed to be in like right. group portraits and things like that and so then what we ended up doing was um, I stashed a camera mm-hmm. at, like alongside of the seats in your ceremony. And after I walked down the aisle, I like grabbed my camera and I put my bouquet down and I photographed <laughs> the ceremony. And I think I stashed the camera be- back or I gave it to Kristen or something and then did the recessional yeah. or whatever. So, and then she and I just kind of tag teamed the rest of the day. And yeah. once we got to the reception, I think I kind of was like, I picked up my camera here and there. I photographed all like the events. Yeah. But she kind of led from there. So we yeah. just made it work. But it was it was actually really fun. Like, I would not have had it any other way. Yeah. It was really fun. And even yeah. then, like, all those moments where 
you're like getting ready with people and stuff. It's not like there's some other random like person like right. with a camera in your face. It's like you were just a part of it and like snapping a photo, but it also didn't feel to me like you weren't a part of it because yeah. you were behind the camera. And I feel like that was the reason why initially we thought it wasn't an option. It was like, well, that's just like, it just wouldn't work, but it actually worked really great. And I don't know that it would work for every person in every right. situation, but it, it worked for us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it wouldn't like, I don't think I would have felt comfortable with any other photographer. Yeah. Like even when we did engagement shoots, it was like, okay, this was not going to work with anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we had fun with that too. So yeah. I'm glad that you went with like real photography and <laughs> not just like whatever people snapped on their phones. Well, we actually did have a unplugged wedding. Like we yeah. asked on our invitation for everyone not to, and I know a lot of people do unplugged ceremony. We asked people not to have their wet, their phones out taking photos like at our whole wedding, which yeah. is another thing that's so opposite of yours because right. you did the hashtag. I was like, here's a camera. <laughs> Take pictures. And yeah, I just feel like it was like, I knew we put so much effort into it and I would just feel like uncomfortable. Right. I also know that we know certain people would be snapping photos every six seconds. Right. Hey, Amanda, come here. And it yeah. was just like, let's just enjoy. So we actually didn't. Yeah. It would have been like literally we had no photos of it, yeah. which would have been weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you decided to have a photographer. <laughs> I think too, like, I will say the one thing about your wedding that really stands out to me when I think about it is just how intentional you both were with every decision you made. Like, and we'll get there with your ceremony when we kind of talk through your day. But <laughs> even just listening to you talk about wanting people to just experience it and be present and deciding to have like a longer engagement so that you could really savor it and enjoy it. I think that just kind of shines through all of that, how just intentional and how, you know, much you really wanted to experience and remember and like yeah. sit with every part of the experience. Yeah. So. And part of that too, though, is that and I guess we can really talk about this more, too, when we get into other kind of aesthetic elements. But I don't remember us having a lot of conversations about, like, I want photos of this, this, and this. And mm -hmm. and I'm sure you have those conversations with a lot of brides, and there is nothing wrong with that. Part of that is, one, that you already knew, like, a lot of the yeah, people right. and things at play. But, two, was it was important for us once we found, like, vendors that we let them just, like, create the art that they wanted to yeah. create and so we weren't dictating at that level what photos were taken or what you know florals looked like or things like that mm -hmm. but it was important to us that like okay once we find artists we trust let's just let them go yeah well speaking of florals <laughs> <laughs> what were who you know what were your florals like so were they an important part of your day they were a very <laughs> important part of our day um and I feel like it's important to disclose that we have very close friends that yeah. are incredible florists and so some of what we ended up with was stuff that we could never even like imagine um yeah. just because they're that good and they worked with us to make it affordable and to work with our, you know, timeline and all that. And yeah. I've done some, like, assisting work for her in the time since then. And, like, just the amount of work that they must have put in, I had no idea at the time. Um, so we had florals everywhere. And, like, that's just not common um, <laughs> because you kind of have to zero in on, like, okay, we're going to pay for these centerpieces and these mm -hmm. bouquets and whatever. And, I mean, there were just flowers all over, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and our florist, her, her name is Winsome Floral, and she works primarily out of the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area um, now. Uh, but at the time, she was living in Argentina and just starting, really, her business. Yeah. Um, and so we checked to see if she would be back for the holidays. Our wedding was January 6th, so it was just after Christmas and New Year to see if she'd be back that year. Um, and 
if it would be something that would be possible for her to do the flowers mm-hmm. because again she didn't have a studio in the U.S. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know where they prepped all these flowers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy when I think about it now. Um, and so again, it was one of those things though where once we knew what that she was available and she was willing to do it, we kind of talked. I think I did a venue walkthrough with her when she was visiting one at one point um, in that year and a half, but we didn't have a whole lot of conversations where I was telling her we want these types of flowers or whatever. It was sort of a general, she had the marching orders of the gothic romantic Beauty and the Beast, the kind of darker color scheme. Mm-hmm. Um and then we just, like, saw what she did that day, and it was amazing. And, I mean, we also talked a little bit about, like, ceremony. We just had some greens kind of down the aisle and some candles. Um, and we talked a little bit about, like, kind of basic things like that. There would be centerpieces. There would be X yeah. number of bouquets. But, like, I really didn't know what anything was going to look like, and it, it was beyond my expectations and there was there's this amazing staircase that you can enter the reception to and that was one of those things where she saw it and was like can we like cover it in flowers yeah. Yeah. and we're like sure but like I honestly wouldn't have known to ask for that at yeah. the time yeah. so um yeah it was amazing it was a huge part of everything but not necessarily a huge part of the planning in the sense that I didn't know what she was gonna do but right. I knew it was gonna be good yeah yeah and it was it was like flowers everywhere just and not in like a overdone like right yeah corny whatever kind of way like in just this like beautiful I think the only thing that I remember specifically requested was that Zach wanted roses to be involved because Mm -hmm. my middle name is Rose and that was like the only specific conversation I remember having yeah I will say too as a photographer little tip um Courtney, our friend, is incredible. I've worked with her at a few weddings now, and she's incredible at always leaving, like, cuttings for me when – for doing detail, like, staging detail shots. And not every, like, florist knows or thinks to do that, but she always leaves me, like, a pile of just some, like, stems, some greens, and those just enhance your details. And, like, I was just looking back at pictures of your wedding. Um, I even posted a photo of – like your ring from your wedding day the other day on our Instagram and um, just reflecting on how those just little pops of greenery and things like that really enhance your detail images and just such like a great And those photos that you took, the flat lay photos with like our Mm -hmm. um, stationary stuff and like ribbon and the art, the rings are amazing. Like you did such a good job. But I also like one of my favorite photos is a photo of you taking <laughs> those flat lay photos. I saw that on the other day. But I love, yeah, I love those photos. And I think it's like Zach's background to this day, the one that you posted yeah. of like the rings yeah. nested in the ribbon. It's so pretty. Yeah. Even that, I think those were like she left me r- ribbon cuttings and like ribbon scraps mm-hmm. to use and stuff. So really good vendors to work with when you have somebody who can think through like, oh, these will enhance the aesthetic of your your images. So, Um, okay. So before we move into like the general day plan, last questions here. Did you have any rentals? Did you have any like special table settings? Anything like that? Yes. (laughs) All of the above. (laughs) So we had, um, we did quite a bit of renting Mm -hmm. (laughs) from a vendor called Treasured Rentals. Mm -hmm. In Lancaster, PA, we did, um, ba- like, probably, I'm sure, inspired by your wedding, we did a head table, and we rented, like, a small sweetheart table yeah. to go in between, um, and we rented, like, a settee yeah. that we sat on, um, and then behind us was a mantle. That mm-hmm. was actually not a rental. That was our friend... Courtney, the florist, mm-hmm. her that was her mom's personal piece. Um, and we rented like a big, um, just like an empty golden frame that sat on top of the mantle that they flowered. Um, mm-hmm. And then we rented another settee that we used for photos. Yeah. And this is like 
life hack for photos, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, I think, too, <laughs> just when we sat down and really thought through your day, you didn't want a first look. And no. so we knew that January wedding, the sun was going to go down at, like, 4.30. So by the time you were going to see each other, it was going to be dark outside. So everything was going to need to be done inside. We weren't going to have natural light for photos. And so, and we weren't entirely sure how much space we would have for group photos and things like that. So having that satay like rented was great for creating layers in photos and just creating a little bit of a yeah. visual aesthetic for those photos yeah. as well, as well as like we plopped you guys on that and just had people kind exactly. of gather and you didn't need to move, exactly. which was great. Yeah. And those photos are awesome, like the way they worked out. And we also had some more rental pieces up. In our cocktail hour, just some, like, sitting areas, mm -hmm. coffee table, rug, couch, yeah. um, a couple of different setting areas like that. Um, we also had rented, like, a huge mirror, mm -hmm. um, like a massive heavy mirror that somebody, we paid someone to handwrite all of the... Um, table. Table stuff on. Mm -hmm. And another smaller one that we put, like... Be our guest. So there were a couple things like that we added like that that were just more specific, like nods to Beauty and the Beast. Um, so that was kind of like the rental stuff that we did. And then um, the table settings were long tables, long square or rectangle tables, I guess. Um, I don't think we had any circle tables. And we had, like, kind of, like, candelabras. Um, I think we rented those, and we bought, actually, black taper candles to go in them. Mm -hmm. um, were you allowed to light candles in your venue? We were not, okay. so we pre-melted them so that they had some, like, like melty yeah. uh, looks. And then centerpieces, and then we... We, a lot of the... Um, there were actually a lot of choices at this venue of colors for linens that were included. Um, and so we got black linens, but I really didn't want white um, napkins. napkins. <laughs> and so we ended up, I think, buying like a light gray mm -hmm. napkin uh, for each table. I mean, for each um setting should we be asking every bride we interview like about what napkins. about their napkins is napkins a thing? I don't know if it's, yeah it's just <laughs> us or is it everyone I don't know but I just feel like it really sets off it really does yeah in a different way the table settings and then the other the last thing that comes to mind that was specific about our table settings was that I found on Etsy is someone to that did like laser cut mm. um plastic not plastic but like acrylic that's mm -hmm. the word I'm looking for names so mm -hmm. each person's name was sitting on their table setting in black acrylic like scripted print that was cut laser cut so that was pretty cool yeah um, yeah yeah <laughs> um would you like to talk about anything special you did at your reception Beverage-wise here. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, so um, another friend of ours had a really amazing, sad that it doesn't exist anymore, yeah. but a really amazing um, rental company where you could rent. It was called Brass Fox Coffee, and it was a siphon. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, Belgian siphon. I Belgian think. siphon coffee bar um, that was beautiful, that mm -hmm. they would Re be able to wheel into venues mm -hmm. and serve coffee at your reception, but like, you know, not like Folgers, but like really good coffee. Allegedly, I don't drink coffee. Um, <laughs> it was good. <laughs> <laughs> and they would do hot chocolate also. Um, and so this was something I actually personally like surprised mm -hmm. Zach with because he's a big coffee person. And so that was kind of like my gift to him at our wedding. He didn't know that they were coming. Um, and when we went in to see the reception area after the ceremony, that's when he realized. And so that was pretty fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay, so any favors or anything? We did that? have <laughs> – everything's going to be like a 45-minute explanation when it comes to us. But our favors were actually CDs. 
Um, and so this is like another complicated explanation, but the short version of it is that my husband is a composer. Um, he's currently getting his doctorate in composition and he composed like a whole string quartet that would play through and like first entrances to the ceremony until the end. And it was performed live, but we also paid to have it recorded in, in advance. And we actually like gave CDs as favors in like a custom designed CD cover that matched our wedding stationery and everything. Um, it was like definitely still not the CD era, but it was just like a cool thing to have. Yeah. So I don't know Again, that anyone's very, ever listened like, to it. intentional and unique. <laughs> <laughs> and that's perfect kind of lead into your ceremony because I think your ceremony was very unique as well. So talk to us about, I mean, you just mentioned the music, um, but what was kind of like the flow of that ceremony? Um, yeah. yeah. So the flow was long. Yeah. Because... This is one of my wedding pet peeves. Like, if you invite me to your wedding and your ceremony is under 15 minutes long, like, I'm not a fan <laughs> of that. And I, it's just because I feel like the wedding ceremony is actually a big deal. Mm -hmm. And we're not just here for a party. We're here for, like, an actual thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so... Like and give, it took you a long time to accept yeah. that this was happening to you. <laughs> so give a little, like, weight to that moment. Yeah. Um, and so we did. <laughs> and I think our ceremony was, like, really, it was about a half an hour, 40 minutes long. It wasn't, yeah. like, it wasn't insanely long. But mm -hmm. um, we made sure to, um, to take our time with it. And so, like I said, he composed a string quartet that I think it was like about 35 minutes long. So we knew exactly like what the length of the ceremony should be. Mm -hmm. And um, basically one kind of other unique aspect was that we kind of met in the middle in the way that the space was set up for the ceremony. So mm -hmm. we got married in what they call the catacombs and the way that it's set up is there's a kind of a staircase on one side that comes from the outside. Mm -hmm. And it's just a small, like, maybe five or six stairs. And then um, on the other side, you're entering from inside the building. And in the center of the room, there is an arch. Mm -hmm. And we, I think to this day, we might be the only people that have actually had our ceremony in that space because typically it's just like cocktail hour or something down there mm -hmm. but um as that was the space that sold us on the venue because we wanted to have our ceremony in there and another part of that is this is a venue that can accommodate a much larger guest list than ours but right. this space could not so this space was pretty like pretty much our hundred I don't know how much more you could seat down there with an aisle and everything. So because of that archway in the middle, we really wanted to kind of meet in the middle um, and give him a little bit of, like, his own entrance. And so we came in. I came in from, like, the side with the little staircase, which means I came from outside. And it was... <laughs> the coldest day like ever in history or mm -hmm. something like that in Lancaster PA. It was like it was like six degrees, degrees below zero. Yeah. yeah. I am a teacher by day and school had been closed like that whole week because it was too cold. I don't even remember. For like literally our district. It wasn't like it was snowy. It was just like it's too cold for kids to walk to school. So we are closing for like three days that week. That's crazy. <laughs> it was I didn't crazy. know that. And also like Really quick side note, when we got to the venue that morning, the fire alarms were going off in the venue because a pipe had burst because it was so cold. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, it, like, it ended up being fine, and I wasn't yeah. even worried about it. Like, I'm like, everything looks fine. I don't know. <laughs> but um, it was really funny. Um, so, yeah, I came in from outside, which I had, like, virtually a strapless dress. Yeah. So that was crazy. But – 
basically it was like the way it was timed with the music is that he walked down the aisle like seconds before me. So he was like almost to the center as I was starting. So we kind of met in the middle, but he still was there to to see me walk down. And like you said, we didn't do a first look. This is where kind of my theater kind of personality comes into play. And I felt like I wanted the day to have like a story like the flow of a story. And so to me, the walk down the aisle, that ceremony moment is like a huge climax of the story. And so doing a first look kind of takes that away. And I'm glad we did it the way we did it. I totally understand why people do a first look, but Mm -hmm. it was great for us. Um, And he also is like the opposite of me. He was like dreaming about that for like years so (laughs) that was that was like very sweet a sweet moment and then the ceremony itself we just did like we wrote our own vows but we also recited vows there was no like other music it was just the music that played and the music played through the whole thing so it was like a score under the ceremony it wasn't just like okay, they're playing and then they're stopping, they're playing, they're stopping. It was like, okay, this, you go into this piece and that means we're going to be doing the rings and like we'll be talking over the strings. Um, And yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to really say. We didn't do like a candle or anything like that, but we did have communion and prayer. Um, Zach multiple times to kiss me on the top of the head and I kept looking at him like, stop kissing me. <laughs> it was that was pretty funny. That's funny. Um, I'll never forget that. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about the ceremony. Oh, there was a lot of recorded readings mm. from scripture that yeah. him and I recorded. Um, and that's sort of a whole complicated thing too. But we read the entire book of Song of Solomon. And we read the, like, male and female parts back to each other, and we recorded it, and that was part of what the um, the strings were synced to play with. And that will be episode three of the Something Borrowed podcast. <laughs> oh, no. No one will ever hear it again. Um, I'm glad we did it. Like, I thought it was cool, and, like, some people were like, you guys are weird. And we were like, you know what? It was exactly what we wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, and your dad gave you away, right? So, or no, no. yes and no. He walked me down the aisle because I didn't want to, like, be walking alone in heels downstairs. But, um, we didn't do, like, who's giving you away. So, but he walked you down the aisle. Um, all right. So, cocktail hour. Anything else about the ceremony that... No, I think that, although I will say when we walked out of the ceremony, we looked at each other and we were like, was that six hours long? (laughs) (laughs) We were like, are we, what just happened? Is the whole night over? It felt really long when we were up there and everyone was looking at us. We were like, okay, we get why people do 10 minutes. Uh, Okay, so cocktail hour. We did all of your photos. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And like we already mentioned, we kind of had that little couch to use for family formals I do remember like your family photos being a little bit dicey because it was just hard to wrangle everyone and people were trying to get to you guys even though it was only 100 people it just felt like everybody wanted to talk to you which is natural and there wasn't like a whole lot of space to go elsewhere for photos but I think we might have run over a little bit so sorry to your coordinator because I think she (laughs) We took a little bit more time than we were allowed. So the only thing to really mention is that another of our weird intentionalities was that we wanted to reveal each room in its due time. Mm. And so we made sure that the way that people were entering the ceremony was not through the first floor, Mm -hmm. which would take them to the reception room. It was to go down to where there was like a lower entrance straight into that room. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was an elevator that would take you up to, I guess what would technically be the second floor. Like the, our ceremony was sort of in the basement. The first floor would be where the reception was and the second floor. And so we wanted to 
to send people up that way so they wouldn't be walking by the reception room. Yeah. And so this room was a big sort of white open room, more mm-hmm. or less. Um, and this is their biggest space that we did cocktail hour in. And um, we just had, like, some high tops. There were florals. There was a huge arrangement in the middle of the room, lots of little bud vases and things like that throughout. And then um, we took our photos in the back half of this big room so that we were kind of, like, in the cocktail hour. We didn't miss it. Right. But um, we we basically took photos for the majority of it. Um, And... So I don't, like, have a lot of memories of it other than yeah. the photos. But yeah. honestly, I'm not a mingler. So, like, <laughs> it was, it was better for, for me. Um, yeah. But we did have, like, past hors d'oeuvres, which when we picked them out, they were great. I didn't have any of them that yeah. day. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, what about your reception? So you talked about that staircase a little bit. That was a big part of your entrances. Yeah. So... <laughs> We did the same thing as you, which is that we didn't do a band or a DJ or anything like that. That isn't where we wanted to put our money. Um, We just prepared, like, a playlist of exactly what we wanted Mm -hmm. to have played. And we had a family friend who, you know, kind of emceed, and that was all. And, um, yeah, so where the cocktail space is to go to the reception, there's kind of, like, you know main staircases and an elevator and stuff and then there's kind of a grand staircase that goes right into the center of the reception room that they really only allow um the wedding wedding party party to use because it's an older staircase but it's beautiful and so we did have florals going up the staircase and we did have our wedding party enter by going Mm -hmm. down the um staircase and we entered to Pillow Talk by Zane, which is one of my favorite songs. And it was an awesome moment. We still talk about that because it was like blasting, mm-hmm. like this just massive loud bass. And we were walking down and it just felt like so epic. Um, and so all those choices too of like the different music and stuff was mm-hmm. very like a lot of conversation to pick exactly what we wanted. And then, yeah, we didn't do like bouquet toss or any of that stuff you did have speeches we did have speeches (laughs) um so zach's brother matt gave a best man speech and then my brothers gave their men of honor speech and um which i i mean i may be biased since one of those best men were my husband (laughs) or men of honor was my husband but i've heard a lot of wedding speeches and that might have been one of the better ones it was it was like how to Take care of it your Amanda It was like the care Emmanuel. of care and feeding of your Amanda <laughs> manual. Yeah. Yeah, they did a really good job. Um, <laughs> that was fun. And then dances. I think those are worth mentioning. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we did um, – Zach and I did, like, the same thing as you. It was, like, it's going to be a hard – it's going to be a hard, like, minute. Mm-hmm. And then this has to stop. Um, so we did a little <laughs> bit of a dance and then he danced with his mom and then my dad and I, my dad was like, let's do like a dance, like a lesson. Let's do dance lessons for this. And my dad is like such a weirdo. And <laughs> this is where our weirdness like kind of like matches. And like I said, I don't like to be looked at, but if I'm like doing something silly or fun, like I'm totally fine with it. So I'm like, yeah, let's do that. So we went to a couple classes at some, like, random dance studio where they teach, you know, for weddings. And we learned, like, a kind of like a jazz routine. But a lot of it was, like, if you get stuck, just, like, do jazz hands. (laughs) (laughs) Like in a circle. (laughs) And the song that we ended up picking was, like, really not in the spirit of a wedding. It was, like, if your man is cheating. It was, like, very weird. But we had a lot of fun. It was a good time. (laughs) That was definitely a highlight. (laughs) Um, Did you do anything in terms of, like, special decor? I mean, we talked about florals. Anything else? We talked about Brass Fox. I think think that's really, like, we really talked through all of the elements. I mean, there were so many elements that we probably actually didn't, but. (laughs) I feel like another element that was, like, 
could have been decor was your cake. Oh my gosh. Your cake was oh incredible. <laughs> this is like my passion in life. So I've literally said like if I could just like instead of giving people a wedding gift, I could, if I could just give them a cake and like get to design it, I would just want to do that for the rest of my life. But this was like another one where there were three photos that I found. And I like this from this one, this from that one, and this from that one. And I showed it to our cake designer, which was the baker's table in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want the kind of, it was like a semi-naked, but it was like a dark gray color. Um, and it was, it had drips, but it, they were like kind of like a blush pinkish color. Blush is the wrong word. It's like a little bit darker than that. It was almost rose goldy. Yes. That's really, there was a lot of rose gold elements. So that was definitely what we were going for. Um, And so, yeah, they did an amazing job. And then Court flowered the cake, obviously. And she's like, that's one of the things I love all the, like when she flowers a cake, she does such a great job. And um, we rented like a huge like buffet like an old like French buffet mm-hmm. piece from that treasured rental company that it, the cake sat on and we bought this beautiful cake stand and the whole thing like the the, the photos too of the cake are just like ugh we will I want to hang post a photo. I'd rather hang that on my wall than a photo of <laughs> us you know what I'm saying like it's just amazing um, and we also got like other desserts from them they had like little whoopie pies and like um, I really didn't get to have, like, any of that. I feel like now I'm thinking about your cake, too. How many people was it supposed to feed? Because it had to feed more than 100. I don't think so. Really? Yeah. In my we mind, it was, my, like, gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it wasn't. It was maybe on a big piece of furniture and then on a big pedestal cake stand. It was just tall. <laughs> it was tall. And um, I even remember my... My aunt, who is, like, not, like, necessarily a person who's into that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. was, like, wow. Like, that <laughs> looks amazing. <laughs> and it was just, like, my pride and joy. I can't believe we almost forgot to talk about it. But it also tasted really good. And the other fun thing that we did was we bought these, like, to-go boxes. Mm-hmm. And then we got stickers, like, that we put on them that said, I don't know, something cute. See about, like, to yeah. have and t- to, to hold, take to take something. <laughs> I don't know. That was later. definitely not it. Um, okay, so we're coming to the end. Did you do anything fun for an exit? So this is one last story for you, <laughs> <laughs> which is that I did buy sparklers. We are all planned to have a sparkler exit. We rented a limo to take us right to Philly so we could hop on a plane first thing in the morning. No day in between. <laughs> Madness. Um, but, and I also was like, I need like to have my Sandy from Greece moment. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go from like my pretty dress to like my, you know, like my Sandy from Greece. So I had like knee high boots, black boots, like this tight black mesh dress with like roses on it. Um, and a leather jacket mm-hmm. and it ended up being that they told us it was too cold to have a sparkler exit. Like I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't, the venue would not allow it. And honestly it was fine. By the time we left, everyone was pretty much gone and it was cold. So whatever, <laughs> whatever. but I think we ended up gifting those, those, uh, Sparklers. Sparklers to someone else a couple years later, but they didn't get used. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, so best memories. What would you do differently now? What would you not change for anything? What would you definitely do again? So I wouldn't change for anything, like, the aesthetic choices we made. Like, that really – I look at those pictures to this day, and I'm like, wow. And even, you know, like Courtney was saying to me, she does beautiful weddings now, massive weddings, and she was like – those are still some of my favorites. Like, I love those bouquets. I love mm-hmm. that staircase we did. And, like, everything just stands up, I think. Mm-hmm. Holds up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, then there's another part of me that's, like, I wish I could go back and, like, 
just get married at the Tower of Terror with like 15 <laughs> people. <laughs> because that was like another conversation. But in the end of the day, again, it was hard to like narrow down the people far enough yeah. to, to do that. But like really that was the vibe. So Yeah, it was. It definitely was. <laughs> It, you just were missing the tower that dropped you. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so then our last question. Did you do oh. something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue? So I don't think I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, something old um, that you talked about. Yeah. It went missing for a while. Mm. And... It was definitely during my wedding time. So, like, they didn't have that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I think I'm, like, one of, like, the only people from, like, eight generations or something <laughs> crazy that hasn't had this little sixpence thing. But, yeah, I didn't have that for my wedding. They were looking for it. Just so we're clear, I am <laughs> absolved. There were people married it. between us there in were. the family. There so. were. Yeah. So I didn't have that and like... Actually, like, the wedding dress I wanted to wear was my grandmother's dress from 1962. The photos, it's just, like, it's the Mm -hmm. dress, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But she'd thrown it out like a psychopath, like, a year before my wedding. So that would have been my something old. But I really don't think I had one. Um, And everything was new, basically. Um, My dress was new, my shoes, everything like that. Um borrowed like is it supposed to be something that you're wearing or is it just like elements of the wedding because obviously Man. we rented lots of stuff well, I, I don't is borrowing renting is renting borrowing I don't know I think it is supposed to be like on your on person you? yeah. yeah so I definitely didn't have something borrowed and I and I don't think I had something blue either so it, basically it was all something new and the something <laughs> old kind of fell apart that should, <laughs> that should have been my old my yeah. borrowed and, and my blue, blue. and mm-hmm. so um at the last minute it was like like we could just like give buy one that like looks like it and I'm like that kind of defeats <laughs> it so let's just <laughs> let's just go without oh God. but also after your fiasco I was like relieved because yeah I'm like yeah I'm gonna be the one that loses it and I'm right. like marrying into this family so <laughs> let's just not <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for telling your story of your wedding. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing all about Amanda's planning. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Something Borrowed Pod. We would love if you hopped over there and gave us a follow. Um, and we would also love, you know, if you're enjoying the show, uh, please let us know things you might like to hear um, as we kind of begin this journey. We're looking for ideas. If you are a bride who is in the planning process or was married in the past few years and you'd like to tell your story, reach out, send us a message on Instagram um, or reach out to either of us personally. Um, We're looking for people to interview and we will see you next time. Bye.